0: Welcome to the Financial Planner's Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast and I'm Gwen and here today I am with I say this all the time but I just feel like they're all special guests so I have here another special guest um, only because she is a force to be reckoned with this is Emily Blanche and she is the head of community in XY Advisor so hi Em welcome to the show.
1: Gwen, thank you. Uh, so great to be here. I've been watching from the sidelines, listening to your episodes, and now that I actually get to come on and be a guest and have a chat uh, is all, all the better. So yeah, super pumped to be chatting with you.
0: All right, wonderful. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that you're here because I would like to talk about something that you're you're doing really, really well. But before that, um, I'll just prolong the suspense and like have a chance for the listeners to get to know you more so I'd like to ask you like how did you get into um, financial advice
1: oh always a good question and <laughs> very unconventional so I most people who fall into financial advice typically like it's not generally calculated like it's normally an accident or there's some incident that happens when they're younger um, or they cross paths with someone. Like there's always this unnatural, sorry, unconventional entrance into financial planning. And I am one of those people as well. So I did a business degree in uni straight out of high school. I majored in finance and economics. And even towards the end of my degree, I still wasn't really sure... Where I was going to take it—it's such a broad, broad landscape. You could take it any which way, and I, I really didn't know exactly where I wanted to take take my career path at the time. And at the same time, I landed a job by accident with a financial planning firm in my hometown. So that was really my introduction to financial advice. So I started, you know, grassroots at the bottom. At doing client service officer. So I was, you know, assisting the advisor and the power planners and all the back office activities. I would occasionally take phone calls and, and deal with the clients every now and again, and really just learn the ropes in the financial planning process. I then moved up to become a power planner and I was probably on a trajectory towards becoming an advisor at least I'm sure my boss was, was hoping for, for that at the time. But I just had this huge pull and desire to go traveling and experience the world. Because I had gone straight into uni from high school, so I never had a gap year, which is something that a lot of Australians at least Uh, Typically, do in between uni and high school just to see what's out there and experience the world a little bit, and I never had that opportunity. And for ages, it was just swirling around in my head that I didn't want to wake up in five or ten years' time, wishing I had have done it. So I handed my resignation in and gave my work plenty of notice. And mind you, I I loved what I did. I loved the work. I loved the people that I worked with. It was a really great environment, but I just knew that if I didn't take that leap and go and travel and experience the world, I would regret it later on. So, I saved up a bunch of money. I booked a one-way ticket and I ventured off to South America. And that's where my travels started. So, I was overseas for a little over two, oh sorry, not quite two years and in that time I went to 15 different countries. I traveled all through yeah. South and Central America. Um, I spent almost a year in Canada, traveled around the west coast of the United States. It was honestly, it's it's all the cliches, right? It's, it's life-changing, it opens your eyes, It's it literally was all of those things. So, when I got back to Australia, I had a bit of a quarter-life crisis at the age of 25 or 26 and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to create something, start my own business, help make some kind of an impact. I just really didn't know what that looked like. And so, I stepped back into um, hospitality and tourism because I was obviously obsessed with travel and tourism at the time. And that was a great experience, but I knew that that wasn't going to be forever. And I just wasn't sure where I needed to land. And as fate would have it, or as the universe works in mysterious ways, I connected with somebody through a blog, funnily enough, and that led to a conversation, with led, which led to another conversation. And before I knew it, I was uh, diving into or exploring all the things that XY Advisor was. So, that person I connected with is the now CEO, Clayton Daniel. And when that happened, I was opened up to this world of financial advice that I didn't even know yeah. existed. And when I say that, it was what I mean by that is, There was a group, a community of finance professionals sharing their ideas, collaborating, asking questions, sharing their templates and their resources, and having only had a small window of opportunity to experience what it was like to provide financial advice. The practice that I came from, as like most practices, I'm sure back then didn't have that kind of connection or collaboration with anyone else it was just them in their business yeah. so being exposed to what xy was doing just totally opened opened up my eyes and so by the time i connected with clayton i had worked in a bunch of different industries i had run a restaurant by that point i had worked in financial advice yeah. other offices tourism so i had spent a lot of time in different industries and during that period i realized that community building and relationships and human connection is hands down my purpose in life. Like that is what I was put on this planet to do. And so, coming back into financial advice and financial planning, but in a way that really aligns with my values and my purpose was a beautiful fit. And so, five years down the track or almost five years down the track, I'm still with XY doing what I love and it's grown and evolved in a way that I don't think I could have ever anticipated and it's truly, truly uh, amazing to be a part of. So very unconventional, but I think it all needed to happen in that way for a reason.
0: Yeah, so you came full circle, but um, within that journey – You're able to get a lot of and understand yourself, right? And and the thing that you wanted to do and incorporate it in financial advice. So because you've you were able to get into like tourism and hospitality and all that, and you're able to translate how you do it, and how you do a good job in making people feel at home, in connecting with them to financial advice. Like, and I see this in a lot of financial advisors, um, especially who are starting out, that they're not really sure how to do it. They want to promote or build this really strong connection with their their clients, but they they're not quite sure how to. So, how do you think? financial advisors can do that because obviously not everyone has the experience that you've got and because you do this very well like what are the things that financial advisors need to understand in order to start building that type of connection
1: yeah really good question so I yes granted not everyone's had the opportunity to be exposed to lots of different industries. And for me personally, I know that I have a really high natural um, quality of having empathy and being able to put myself in the shoes of other people and really think about how they're experiencing something. So that would be a really good avenue to start exploring is emotional intelligence. There's a bunch of um, people doing some really, really cool stuff in this area around the science of it. Um, Daniel Goleman is a guy who is really uh, like a pioneer in, in sharing information and science around emotional intelligence. So, for anyone listening who is wanting to work on their skills and build their skills to create greater connections with their clients and to really build long lasting relationships, I would highly recommend exploring emotional intelligence. So Mm. uh, there's four pillars in particular around emotional intelligence that I know Daniel Goleman shares, and those are around having self-awareness for yourself and self-management and then social awareness and then relationship management. So what those really refer to is Knowing yourself and your emotions and the way you connect and process things, but then also having an awareness of other people and how they might be feeling, and then understanding how you can be aware of that and then tailor the way that you communicate with them to meet them where they're at, if that makes sense. So being able to be mindful of um, and show empathy is will go so far in, in being able to build really strong relationships. Now, that's all well and good to share that, but what does that actually look like in practice, right? So, the best yeah. way to explain it, I find, is through experiences and stories. So, it's funny that you're um, – Like this is such a great topic to be talking about today and it's really good timing because I I just this morning posted something on my LinkedIn, which is something I've been reflecting on lately around building relationships and what does it take to build strong professional relationships rather than just a network. Um, And so, a, a brief story that I shared in that post, which I can elaborate on here, is One of the best experiences I had was running a restaurant. That gave me such an amazing insight into understanding people, dealing with uh, customers' emotions, um, and how to work with that and, and build relationships and connections with them. So there was a couple that used to come into this restaurant regularly, almost once a week. And I would always look after them and they would come in and they would always order the same thing in terms of drinks. And I, over time, as I got to know them and learn a bit more about them, they would come in and I straight away knew what they needed. Like I, I intuitively just knew just from them coming in regularly. And I spent the yeah. time to get to know them and learn more about them. And so by doing that, anytime they came in, they were really excited to see me and it built a really good connection so much so within about six months or 10 months of them actually coming in regularly, I knew about them. I knew about their kids. um, They knew about me and my situation as well. And they actually turned up one day with a gift and they brought me a pair of expensive shoes. Their son was a shoe designer. (laughs) Ah. And that really showed me that by Listening to people by taking an interest in them, by um, you know, like showing that you're actively actively taking an interest in, and remembering things, shows them that you care and that you value them. So, if I translate that to financial advice, it's taking an interest in people, it's being curious and asking them questions or learning new things about them, things that you can make a note of and bring up in conversations next time. An advisor actually in the XY network shared a really great example on this. So he is an advisor who records all of his meetings, video records every single one of his meetings and he goes back and watches the recordings to pick up on any of the things that he may have missed while he was taking notes during the meeting and he keeps an eye out for any little passing comments or things that they mention in there that he can then add to the summary sheet for when he meets with them next time so an example was he met with a with a with a uh, two clients a couple who are nearing retirement and they're wanting to travel around Australia And they would actually like to work as they do that along the way. And they talked about putting a sign, making a little um, A-frame chalkboard sign that says electrician for hire on one side and uh, like I think a nurse or a masseuse on the other side. And so, as they travel around, they'd put that out next to their camper van or their caravan and that would help them to get work. Now, that's just a tiny little comment, right? Like that's in the grand scheme of putting a client's goals and objectives together, a chalkboard with a sign on it is not something that would typically go into those notes. But he wrote that down and put that into his summary so that when he had the next meeting with them, he was going to go through that and say, okay, client, Mr. and Mrs., Um, you know, I want to summarize everything we spoke about last time. You would like to do this with your, uh, you know, house, you'd like to do this. And I remember you saying, you'd like to, um, you know, make sure that you have a chalkboard to, to be able to pick up work on the way, which I think is fantastic. So when you give that feedback loop to people and show them that you were really, really paying attention to what they were saying, that makes them sit up, that makes their ears perk up and go, Wow oh my God, he really was listening. He really valued yeah. our conversation. So if you can pick up on little things that your clients say in meetings or tease out those things, learn something about them. Are they are they really interested in pursuing yoga as a career or maybe they're just interested in it? Is there a hobby that they really love? Is Do they have a birthday coming up? Any of those little things that you can make a note of and then slip them into conversation down the track. That will show them that you really value them, you really listen to them, and it's a way to build trust with them. So there's a couple of things there. Does that land? Do you think something like that would be (laughs) of use?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. So I actually remember a a story, um, or not a story, but something that happened to me, and I think – Customer service and I guess client service, um, is very important because I also remember a similar, um, event where, um, when I was a freelancer, I would go to a coffee shop, uh, to, to, to work whenever I feel like the home office is boring. And when I came to, um, this particular coffee shop, the, manager started to notice me that I would come um, for the same tea that they that they offer. And so I think it was like after a month, he would start putting notes in in my tea when he serves it. So just like have a nice day and he would remember my name and I noticed that, and the tea wasn't cheap, so <laughs> the tea wasn't cheap, but I noticed that I came back to that um, coffee shop time and time again until I actually became a regular, like like the couple that you mentioned um, when you were still working at the restaurant. And he would bring me like complimentary food and um he would also say, "How was your day?" and, and do all those really nice things. And what, even if on days that I feel like work stresses me out, I tend to want to go to that coffee shop because I know that like someone will take care of me. And yeah, and even now, like I live very, very far from that coffee shop, but whenever I'm in town, I make sure to. Visit that place. Um, He's uh, the the manager of the coffee shop is still there, and we still get to talk, and it's like a really good relationship. And I I really wish that the coffee shop was just near the house. So I think that's I think it's that's why these things are very important, right? Like because you make an impression to someone, and it helps not only you as a person but your business as well. So automatically, whenever um, someone asked me like, hey, what's a good coffee shop around this place? I would always automatically refer um, that coffee shop to a friend of mine.
1: Yep. I am with you there. It's because they've created a memorable experience and mm, made you feel yeah. special. And when someone has a memorable or exciting experience that evokes an emotion and makes you feel valued and special, what do you wanna do with it? You wanna tell other people about that amazing experience you had. And so by focusing on building the relationship, making those connections, you are creating your own army of raving fans and word of mouth marketing is the absolute best marketing you can possibly generate. So that, that, that right there is a great experience. Um, another example I can share or a story I'm just trying to think of really like practical examples that advisors could, you know, ad- ad- adopt into their process and with their clients, sending out a postcard, a random postcard, it doesn't uh, like there's the typical, um, you know, making contact with clients when they have a birthday, um, you know, those kind of expected touch points throughout the year. Yeah. But what about sending yeah. them something just randomly, like a random act of kindness. So, particularly with COVID, I think the pandemic is a really good example. Ah, uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone was going through a tough time in some way, shape or form. So, if you have a client who you know is doing it a bit tough, um, why not send them a postcard? And, and, and I did exactly this. So, to, to give you a real life example, a while back, an advisor in the XY platform in the community posted into the group and was really open and honest, actually, really vulnerable. And he posted and said, is anyone else feeling like their confidence has taken a hit after the Royal Commission? And the Royal Commission um, was uh, uh, happened here in Australia. I won't go into all the details, but it basically put yeah. the banking mm-hmm. and finance in, uh, sector um, front and center. And it caused a lot of it brought out a lot of things, and you know, untoward things happening within the sector, not necessarily from it financial advisors, um, but it caused a lot of of lot of noise and a lot of um, negativity towards towards the advice profession, and this advisor really yeah. felt like his confidence had taken a hit, and wondered if he was genuinely providing value to his clients. And he was 100%, but when you're constantly bombarded with negative noise from media and press, it's really hard to drown out that noise. And they posted this in the group and a bunch of other advisors jumped in and commented. Some put their hand up to say, yes, I am also struggling. It's You know, I, I'm feeling really tough at the moment. Others jumped in to give their support. And when I saw that yeah. post, immediately I thought to myself, what can I do about this? How can how can I how can I make them feel better? How can I, you know, improve their situation or make their day a little better than it was yesterday? So I jumped onto Canva. It's a free design website. Highly recommend. I know we use it every single day. And I designed a few postcards with our XY colors and our branding, got them printed, and then I hand-wrote about maybe 12 or 14 postcards. And on the back of that postcard, I wrote to each person that had said that they were going through a tough time. And I wrote them a hand note and said, Hey, just wanted to say, thank you so much for sharing. You know, remember that the value that you provide to your clients is amazing. And they're so lucky to have someone like you in their corner. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. And I posted those out to this handful of advisors. I didn't tell them it was coming. I just put it in the mail and that was that. A couple of days later, I received a message from the advisor who posted originally, who reached out and he said, oh my goodness, thank you so much for this surprise. It turned up out of the blue to my office and it honestly made my week. And then another advisor who also received one reached out and said, you know what? It was a Friday. I was driving from an appointment on one side of town to the other and I picked up the mail in between and I found this postcard and it honestly made me smile from ear to ear and made my day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now for me to go and do that exercise, the whole thing took about an hour, maybe max to design them, print them, write them, post them. And yet the effect it had on those advisors was huge. The advisor who originally posted actually followed up in the community and posted a picture of this postcard and said, wow, how lucky was he to be a part of such a supportive community and how amazing it was to be a part of XY. Now, if you think about that for an advice practice, imagine an advisor designing a few postcards or having someone in their team design a few postcards with their colors, their branding on it, and it could be for anything. And handwriting a few postcards to post to clients out of the blue to help them with something. Like imagine being that client, imagine being your client, receiving that in the mail out of the blue, like completely unexpected. How would that make you feel? That'd make you feel pretty special, right? And like in this yeah. in the story that I shared, the advisor who posted that on the group, like he wanted to go and tell other people about this experience that he had just had. So imagine a client having this great experience the next time that they're talking to a family member or a friend and something comes up about super that their their retirement savings or their insurance what do you think they're going to say that's going to trigger them to go oh i had this amazing experience or my advisor sent me this and what a conversation starter like yeah that's a yeah. that's an amazing way to create word of mouth and um, you know forge greater connections and, and relationships by doing something so small yet the the power and the impact yeah. is huge
0: oh yes and i think i think that's the like the main thing here right like doing small acts of of kindness like listening um providing empathy and like l- learning more about your um about another person they are small things they don't Cost a lot, but they provide a really big impact um, and can really benefit not only your business but the relationship that you are you're fostering, which leads me to the my, my next question. So you posted like a really nice. Uh, LinkedIn post early this morning. And um, it's about this topic around um, building relationships and financial advice. And you mentioned something about CLV or uh, customer lifetime value. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So customer lifetime value, it's really a primary metric to better understand your clients or your customers. So it's a way to determine the value of the relationship that you have with your clients, how long they're likely to remain a client and the value that they deliver back to your business by way of revenue. So, I'm sure most or all of the listeners tuning in have probably heard a similar kind of statistic which says that it's a lot easier to deliver more value or upsell or continue, continue to add value, however, whatever terminology you want to use, to customers you already have than the resources and time and money and effort that's required to go out and find new customers. And advisors are in such a great position to generate a big customer or client um, lifetime value because the services they provide really are long-term. Like the there's of course the initial, the initial engagement and the initial advice piece, but a person's yeah. financial world doesn't stop after after you help them with just that initial thing. It's an, ongoing, it's an ongoing process. There will be, you know, things down the track when a client, um, you know, might be starting a family or looking to purchase a house or switching jobs. There are so many instances along the journey in a client's lifetime where an advisor can add value. So, there's such a great opportunity to build on that relationship, to continually add value to them and ultimately create a wonderful experience that lifts and heightens the the client lifetime value that you provide to them and in return that they provide to your business. So, if you spend your time and energy predominantly focusing on how you can deliver the best experience to the clients that you have to give them a memorable experience that they want to go and talk to others about, it means that you don't have to spend as much time and energy coming up with marketing campaigns and, you know, going out there to the market, trying to, to, to spread your message and to promote and highlight what you do to attract new clients.
0: Right. Um, and uh, I wanted to mention this particularly because I remember you, you mentioned to me um, a few meetings ago that, or was it last week, that if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So, and I think that's something that financial advisors can do, right, to improve their um, relationships with their clients is to actually try to what's the best term? Like to use the formula, the the CLV formula, and it would be like the the podcast will be very long if we if we discuss this in detail. But I think it's worth. Noting that this is something that um, financial advisors can really use.
1: Mm. So, what I think you might be getting at there is how to track it and then be able to <laughs> yes, improve.
0: Yes, I guess. Yes, I guess that's it. Because, um, like, how do you, how would a financial advisor, especially the uh, a financial advisor who's just a, like a one man team, like, how can they? Be able to determine if they're actually doing a good job and be in in building that type of relationship and in building that value to their clients. Um, is it just the the number of retentions that they've got? Is it just the like the number of re- referrals that they receive? So, yeah, something like that.
1: I would suggest sourcing feedback from clients. And in particular, you could look at something like an NPS, so net promoter score. So, that's basically asking a client on a scale of one to 10, how confident would they be to refer you you and your business to a friend or a family member? So, if you're a solo advisor who you might be short on time, you've got lots of client work to do, but you would like to get a sense check to, on how your, how you are going in, in building those relationships with your clients, the first thing that I would suggest is ask, and you can, you you don't even have to have like a robust system or survey or anything in place. You can just ask them in, in conversations that you have. So one of the best things that I worked on last year, and I'm still doing it now is hosting one-on-one conversations and interviews with advisors in our community. And the purpose of those calls is to get feedback, open, honest feedback. And it is amazing the stuff that comes back and the ideas and the suggestions and the the frustrations from advisors. I honestly learn something new every single time I talk to somebody, so just having those conversations, or um, adding in some questions to the meetings that you're already having with clients, and taking a note and, and noting that down. So asking them, "How do you feel about us working together?" You could send them the the Net Promoter Score, which which is a quantitative measurement. So that's a really good way to to track it and ben- and benchmark it. So uh, you could you could send them like an NPS. Uh, question or survey maybe once a quarter or, or once every uh, twice a year. And that way you can track and look and see how can you improve. So, depending on which number they give you, typically if it's around seven or more, um, th- that's a good result. Anything under seven generally speaks to how can you improve this. So, you could follow up with them and, and ask and say, hey, um, you know, in the time that we've been working together, is there anything that I that I've done particularly well that that you've really enjoyed? And in the reverse too, asking them is, hey, is there anything that I've that I've said or I've done or or a particular area or something that I could improve on to to to, to better serve you and to um, add more value? And if you just really open that up in a non-judgmental way, in by a way of, of really reminding them that, Hey, the, the best way that I can improve is if I know where the gaps are. So if you really explain it in that sense and say, I would really appreciate your, your open and honest feedback, because it means it's the quickest way that I can, um, you know, plug any gaps and, and deliver an even better experience because you don't know what you don't know. And, and sometimes as a business owner it can be really difficult to take your business owner hat off and put yourself in the in mm-hmm. the shoes yeah. of a client so the next best thing to do is to ask so that would be my my suggestion if you are a solo advisor or even if you have a bigger practice and have a, have team have have staff or have team members starting to generate some kind of ongoing feedback loop by way of questions or a survey with your clients to assess how you're doing um, and any areas uh, that you could improve in.
0: All right. So, yeah, and again, something very simple, right, to um, create a survey. (laughs) And I find that I guess I asked the right question because it actually didn't cross my mind to mention a survey. Like I know there was a financial advisor who actually – ask me, like, how do you know if you're doing a good job? And I, I know I answered something, but it wasn't a survey. So I think that's a really good idea. Very simple thing to do. Um, very easy to create, but it will provide you a really good insight into like what your clients are actually thinking about. And it helps... Uh, the financial advisor who, as you mentioned, like a a businessman in his um, to step out of that or or to take off that hat and to be able to have like a different or try to formulate a different type of approach based on the survey that he's received. So yeah, that's one of the best ways that you can really um, build that relationship with your With your clients. So thanks so much, M. Those are really, really valuable tips. They're simple, and I'm sure, like, one time or other, a financial advisor um, or anyone who is listening to the podcast has already um, heard of this advice, but it's something that's very important and needs to be, I guess, reiterated um, in order to really continuously. Grow in 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 your practice, but before we, I guess we end the the podcast. What would be your advice to financial advisors, um, especially to the ones who are just starting out, um, or anyone who's really looking to create a lifelong partnership with their clients? Um, what would you
1: give them? I would say start small, you don't have to do anything huge and dramatic. And in fact, smaller is better. And what I mean by that is, do the small little acts of kindness that build trust over time. So building trust with somebody isn't doing one big giant act of kindness and saying, cool, yep, I did that one thing, I've earned their trust. It doesn't work that way. It's And I use this example all the time there's a reason that people don't get married on the first date. And that's because it takes time to get to know them. You go on multiple dates. You sometimes spend years getting to know a person before you make that commitment to spend the rest of your life with them. Now, granted, advisors aren't spending the rest of their lives with their clients, but it's the same sort of principle. Building trust with somebody takes time. And the best way to do that is by doing small little acts of kindness consistently. It might be sending them a postcard out of the blue. It might be reminding them uh, or sending them information on an event or something that you saw come up that you know that they're interested in. It might be remembering their kids' birthdays. These small little things, they will remember it. And over time, doing that consistently It's like using the analogy that I know Brene Brown has shared before about adding marbles to a jar. Every time you do a little something, a nice little something for someone, you put a marble in the jar. And over time, that jar is is the trust that you have built with them. So I would say start small, think of little ways that you can... um, you know, surprise them, make them feel valued, make them feel heard, and start putting marbles in the jar to build trust with your clients um, and improve that ongoing relationship that you have with them.
0: Right. So, thank you so much, em. um As usual, great conversation. But before we uh, formally end the podcast, if anyone wants to reach out to you, um, a financial advisor, especially here in the Southeast. um Asia would like to like have a conversation with you? Where can they reach you?
1: Yeah. The best place to reach me is on the XY Advisor platform. So, in, I'm sure people are aware, <laughs> listeners or most listeners are aware of what XY Advisor is. But for those who may be brand yeah. new to the podcast, it is a professional network and platform specifically for financial advisors. Now, we have a a cohort of advisors from Southeast Asia who are on there. We have advisors from 20 different countries. It's a place to find new ideas, to collaborate and to learn from from peers within the industry. And I spend a lot of my time on there helping advisors, looking for ways to support them and find solutions to their problems. So, if you aren't already a member, you can create your free account. Jump on there and send me a message. I'm always happy to help and assist um, externally. You can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, so happy to assist wherever I can. And if anyone listening does test out one of these examples, or you know, does does a little act of kindness, please let me know. I I'm always keen to hear when people implement these things, and if they've got any other you know suggestions or ideas. Um, the more ideas we can share, the more collaboration, the faster we can all improve and, you know, the, the better it fin- the whole financial planning industry will be. So don't be shy. Feel free to reach out. Always happy to say hello and help wherever I can.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Em. And yeah, I, I hope that a lot of financial um, advisors listening right now, especially in the Southeast Asian region, would get to... Um, interact with you have a short conversation and find what it is that makes um, a person become a lifelong client of there so thank you so much for being in the show and have a good one thanks Gwen
1: no worries it was fun great to chat